Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name's Ali. I'm joined by my friend James. How's it going, James? It's awful. Everything's awful. <laughs> oh, no. Well, and I think I know what happened. See, I think there's a little bit of a monkey's paw, <laughs> be careful what you wish for thing going on. Because in our Layers of Fear 2 episode, I said I would really like it if a known developer made a franchise that were these short movie style horror games that were released that you could play with other people and it would be kind of a social experience more like watching a cheesy movie with your friends and uh somebody did it supermassive games did it it's called the dark pictures man of medan and uh yeah and now i've played it and i have i i guess i have mixed feelings because i get it but i also hate it <laughs> Uh, yeah, my feelings are mostly negative, even though I guess a couple are mixed. Yeah, I mean, no, there's things they got certain things and I want to talk about it, but there's so many other things. I feel I feel even worse about it because we squandered all the Patreon money on this. Yes. Uh, so before we get too deep into it, this episode is especially brought to you by you because some of you went to patreon.com slash zero brightness and generously pledged money so that we could use it for the show and we did we spent all of it on codes for this game and uh i really regret that so please more people give us money so that we regret it less look this is a cautionary tale we blew all that money so you didn't have to exactly can you sell like steam games at gamestop because i will like <laughs> totally take like three dollars fifty cents for this yeah not yet maybe like right before they go bankrupt they'll uh they'll start offering that service and they yeah. get like sued and then it'll just be the end well so just like last week with the blair witch episode this is like a brand new game and we brought it to you as fast as we could but i'm kind of glad we had to wait a week because the reviews are in for this game and a lot of them are really positive or at least like too positive i don't know what the fuck these people are smoking because i mean okay maybe they're young and maybe they don't remember like the sega cd generation but like this isn't a fucking video game (laughs) this is barely a video game yeah i yeah okay well so one, one other one other thing before we get too deep into it is that at the end of the episode we're going to tell you what we're playing next. Our schedule is effed, but we're still committed to Game Club. Yes. So stick around for the Yoshi's Island music. Uh, all right. Second thing. These reviews are not young. I think the average video game reviewer is in their 30s. Oh, they're they're around our age. A lot of them are older than us. I don't know what's going on. So, okay. What is the dark pictures man of medan which i'm now just going to call man of medan because goddamn um whatever it's like a narrative adventure game it's sort of like something that telltale would have done except it's more like an interactive movie yeah it's not a game if if you remember the sega cd days the multimedia days there was the subgenre that were like full motion video games and essentially you were watching like a film movie and when shit would happen, you would get like quick time events and you would have to press left or right or hit action. It was never a good gameplay experience. And for some reason, quick time events, even though they like started in the subgenre, they propagated to other genres too. 
Uh, I have no idea why, but those were widely adopted, even though FMV games kind of died out uh, with the 3D generation of games. Well, and this is one of those gimmicks that it just comes back every few years. People will keep trying it no matter what we do or say. <laughs> it just will not go away. And I, I don't know why. I can't tell you why, but it just is that way. And the crazy thing about this is that Okay, so Supermassive Games, who made Man of Medan, Mm -hmm. uh, also made a very popular and critically acclaimed and beloved game called Until Dawn. Right. That was released in 2015 for the PS3. Neither of us have played it Mm -mm. because we don't have PlayStations. (laughs) I've been curious, but reading about that game after playing this game, it it seems, I have it on good authority, that it's exactly the same. I mean, people say the... Defining factor between the two games is that Until Dawn has a better story, but like watching, you know, videos of it and seeing that it has the same bullshit writing, it mm-hmm. has the same like everything. So I think people are just like just high as shit. I don't know. That's my only explanation. I did find a couple of really funny user reviews that are just like, fuck this game, this is garbage. <laughs> and I don't know, that's as close as I can get to like understanding it. I, I- I'm afraid this episode is going to come off as like a giant hot take because people really like this shit. But like, I I honestly don't get it. Like, let me know. Let me know (laughs) how wrong I am because I just don't fucking get it. Here's the thing is that I'll I'll try and rein you in here (laughs) because I kind of get it. And like I said, in that Layers of Fear 2 episode, I literally asked a developer to make this game. Right after the episode came out, they announced this game, yeah. and I was immediately like, "Oh shit, that actually looks cool." Even though I know it's not really for me, because like I hate quick time events. I hate what's his fucking name, David Cage. Like, <laughs> I mean, but I, I also hate that guy because he's just like another hack writer that like just gets a pass because video games. Like, yeah, I'm really sick of this. I don't know. Lately, I've just been really inundated with this like hack writing in video games and. I'm so tired of it because it's like it's one thing for it to exist and it's another thing for it to be like praised. Are you talking about Hideo Kojima? I'm talking about Hideo Kojima. I'm talking about (laughs) Sam Lake. I'm talking about David Cage. I'm talking about whoever the fuck writes this shit, dude. Like, you know, don't you ever speak ill of Kojima-kun again on the show? (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) JK. We're going to have some problems down the line. (laughs) JK. Uh, But yeah, like, I don't know, but I get it. Like. And even, you know, we'll talk about it, but I had my moments of enjoying this game and I had my moments of more than that enjoying the experience. Sure. But like, I also very strongly don't get it. (laughs) This is a first for the show. We actually played most of this game together online. Uh, Yeah. We played it together for about two hours. And I mean, we were both just like tired and bored after two hours of this game. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll talk a little bit about this before we talk about the sort of history of the form. Yeah. Um, Because you did a really good write up here that I like, and I I definitely think it's important to talk about. Sure. But so this game is set up. So it's like an interactive movie, basically, where you make either dialogue choices or action choices for the characters in the game. And frequently you have to do quick time events where you press a button on a timer or you play a little mini game. Mm-hmm. Most of the choices are moral choices. 
And this is yeah. illustrated very plainly uh, because when you're choosing between choices, you're actually navigating a compass, your moral compass. <laughs> a literal moral compass. And you also have like a narrator who kind of chides you about <sighs> your choices and talks to you about your morality and whatever and he's lame the curator yeah he's a fucking he looks like a nazi and he just <laughs> sucks yeah so the curator he looks like an old t-1000 he's kind of like the crypt keeper in tales from the crypt you know a lot of like these anthology series have like a host that speak to the viewer directly it's kind of right. like that or like a rod serling you know what i mean but he's mm -hmm. like a really corny and like steampunk looking dude and he has got like a a butt rock theme song yeah which is awful <laughs> shout out to the band chemist um you fucking suck sorry bro <laughs> your guitar tone's pretty decent though so sick sick tones yeah, yeah. it's like it's like a doom band hung out with nickelback uh yeah no that's exactly what it yeah. is anyways oh. but uh well hold on you suck hold on though hold on <laughs> because you are about to just move on and gloss over the fact that it closes with something even worse, which is a hip hop version of the bluegrass traditional Oh Death. Yeah. Are you going to gloss over the hip hop version of Oh Death? Yeah. Come on, man. It's really good. I mean, I don't have anything to say. I just wanted to say that it's in there. Who is this made for? I don't know. Like, it, it, I feel like it's made for like the kid that feels smart at the trailer park because he's just like smarter than everyone by <laughs> proxy, but he's like still dumb trailer trash. <laughs> Damn, the hot takes start. That was projecting. That's just like my backstory. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like real talk, it is kind of a bummer to play some of this shit that you're like, man, I would have loved this when I was like 14. Yeah. I don't know if I would have loved this at 14. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have either. But yeah. we'll get to that later because I, I do, I don't know. I have some thoughts on that. Yeah. But like, so the thing about the narrator and the frame story, I guess if you want to call it that, is that I guess Until Dawn had the same thing. But it was, it also sounds like dumb in that game because they cribbed it straight from Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Mm, with like the therapist. Yeah, but they did it like campier. And I kind of feel like a lot of the stuff in this game is like that, where they're sort of just cribbing from other sources, but then turning up the camp and, I don't know, sort of hoping for the best. It's really I weird. Guess. So, you know, the Tales from the Crypt guy, uh, the curator, he'll he'll intro it, he'll outro it, and then between acts, he'll come in and check on you and give you a progress report on how you're doing. Yeah. And he'll chide you if you're not doing very well or if, like, one of your main characters dies or whatever. Yeah, totally. he really reminds me of that like dorky 90s board game that came with the VHS tape. Yeah, there was a few of those because there was like one that was really popular that I know you're talking about. It's like a guy with a goatee, a British guy who like yeah. kind of went viral with his like videos or whatever. But like uh, there were a bunch of those VHS board games and atmosphere, but like mm. fear. Yeah, I think. Those are actually a pretty good comparison point for this game because they were very cutting edge for their time. They were very enticing, but they were also so unbelievably clunky. Yeah. And like they required so much setup from the player yeah. and they required. So, I mean, they were just so slow moving that 
if you ever tried to play one and you weren't super committed to it, you stopped very early on because you were like, Jesus Christ, can we just go play the fucking anything else? Like, <laughs> can we go just play 13 Dead End Drive or the Enchanted Forest or like any other fucking like heavy aesthetic board game? Like, fuck yeah. this, dude. But so the big hook in this game beyond because all the stuff we're talking about was in Until Dawn. So yeah. if you're coming into this, I guess the two big hooks are number one, it's no longer PlayStation exclusive. So the rest of us can fucking play it. And the other is that it's multiplayer focused. So yeah. you can play alone, but the game comes with two multiplayer modes. One is just a couch co-op controller passing. Yes. Which is really funny to have as a mode, honestly, because it's like, you can just do that without it. And that's what I did. Yeah. Like me and Monica played it and we just controller passed. But we, we were yeah. playing the single player because it's like and I read this in reviews that like with the the controller passing mode, it's really uneven. So you can right. like play a scene as a character and it's like five minutes and another scene as a character is like 45 minutes. Yep. Like so I, I don't really see the purpose of it. The big one, though, is the online co-op or two player <laughs> Yeah, but what do people see in this? There's so many issues. I mean, well, let's just like talk about like what it is because it's kind of baffling. Yeah, and like, all right, so I I think in like a board meeting pitch, it probably sound really cool, right? Like, Uh so it's like a movie you're watching together, but since you're like in different places geographically, when one of your characters will break off and have a conversation the other player might have an entirely different experience, but they're happening simultaneously. Right. But then afterwards, you might link together for a couple scenes, so you'll see scenes together, but then it'll break off again. So it, it, it sounds really cool. Like, oh, you can experience the game in several different ways, and it for replayability, it's, like, huge, but what boils down to is, like, you're on voice chat with your friend that's not in the same room with you, and he's watching a scene that might be really boring, like, dialogue or something, and then your friend is playing something exciting, like a shark attacking you or something in the water. And like, so you hear your friend on voice chat, like reacting like, oh, wow. Oh, shit. And then like, you're just like in some dumb conversation. Yeah. It's so lopsided. And like, I don't understand what they were going for. Like, are you not supposed to have voice chat while playing this? Just want to play with strangers? Like, what's the point? Yeah. No, that is the weird thing. I think you're not supposed to, and you're just supposed to be playing and know that some of the choices like aren't yours. Right. But that's the same as the single player. Because when you play the single <laughs> player, like if you've played the multiplayer, you know what's going on under the hood, which is that you're seeing certain perspectives, and then there's other perspectives that you're not seeing. And so, like, you can see the end of a scene that you've played previously, right? And you're like, oh, I know what decision they made to have that outcome, but I didn't make that choice. So it's like playing it online with another person without voice chat would be exactly the same as that, except the pacing is fucking horrible. They do give you a little extra in single player because there's one specific instance of a scene that you saw because you were on the boat and I was in the water. So you saw your scene and I saw my scene, but in my single player playthrough, I saw both of those scenes. So it does give, if you're in single player, you do get a little extra, I guess. Well, and the single player has better pacing. Yes. Because you're jumping back and forth between different scenes and they're truncated. Like the game still has huge problems with dead space and dead air. Yeah. 
like where you're just wandering around doing nothing and it's like a really really big problem in this game <laughs> but in single player it's better because in the co-op like there were parts where i was just like I didn't know what the fuck was going on and why I was just stuck there. And it was literally, it was just waiting for you to finish your scene. Yeah. It's super weird. And I don't know what the solution is either. Like, how would you fix the multiplayer? Like, we were talking, like, would it be better with, like, picture in picture? The weird thing is they, they expect you to play it all in one sitting. Yeah, that's the weirdest part because it's four hours. Yeah. You don't have a lot of control in this game. And so you, it's kind of always going to be the same play length, and it's four fucking hours. Yeah. Like, holy shit! I don't, I don't do anything like that. I'm just not that kind of person. Like, even watching a movie at like the hour mark, I'll pause it and like get up and like get a glass of water and like just you know, I don't know. I, I just don't do things like that. Yeah. So it was kind of nuts. <laughs> and after two hours of that, it was just like, ugh. and I even did like so. The way we played it was, we were playing co-op on steam and then we had steam voice chat running yeah so we were talking to each other and then james you were on one end on the other end was me and monica yeah and so we were kind of all talking and like riffing (laughs) and then at one point i was just like dude i need to like stand up and like pee and like just like (laughs) not like it was like a fucking hour and a half in or some shit yeah and so she jumped in and took over um and yeah it was like I don't know. It was so fucking weird. The other thing is that they don't explain shit to you. So here's, you know what? Here's some uh, pro tips brought to you by GamePro over here. (laughs) I'm the GamePro. Here's some pro tips for you. Number one is that it doesn't save your online co-op games. Which is fucking baffling. Which is fucking baffling. It's four hours long. Like, how are you not going to save where I Yeah. I was like, I was like super bummed. After we logged off, and then I found out the next day that my progress was gone, yeah. I was, like, crushed. And it was hard for me to start the game again. Dude, no. I was really upset. Yeah. Because I was like, I do not want to fucking play this whole thing again. <laughs> but, so here's even more than that. There's no cross-save at all. So every, there's the three modes, single-player, online co-op, and couch co-op. Mm. There's no cross-save. So, like, it's fucking 2019, and I thought that it was going to be, like, just a single timeline that you're playing through, and you could jump in with whoever at any moment. Yeah. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. You got to fucking play it all the way through in one mode before you can access chapter select, before you can continue the game, etc., etc. So, you have to fucking play this game three times in three different ways (laughs) if you want to have what I just described as what I assumed yeah. would be the default mode yeah like that's insanity i don't know people are really praising the uh this whole two-player online thing and it's, it's just absolutely baffling to me well even more than that though so the game doesn't explain shit to you so here's how the online co-op works is that first of all it starts with a tutorial that you are both doing at the same time but it doesn't tell you that that was really so when confusing. we started it told us we were different characters, but then we both had to do the tutorial. And so we were actually, I was like, are you doing this right now? And he's like, no, I think you are. And I was like, no, I think you are. And I was like, oh, we both are. So then after that, in every scene, you're like assigned a different character and you play through the scene as that character. Uh, But frequently after the intro, I mean, it's like after the first 
15 minutes, you're almost always in separate scenes. And like, there's little moments where you're in the same scene, but that's it. So that was super the, weird. That was the confusion for us because we were talking to each other and we were like making fun of shit and like discussing plot points, but we were never seeing each other's perspective or even like meeting up most of the time. And so there were a couple moments where we would be in the same scene, but be seeing different things because like people start tripping out and like having weird psychedelic hallucinations like halfway yeah. through. But like, you wouldn't know that unless you were on voice chat and we were like explaining to each other what we were seeing, which was like really not compelling. Yeah. Like it was just really confusing. Yeah. Like, but yeah, it was confusing. But then once we figured it out, it was also super not compelling. Like there was nothing compelling about one of us listening to the other be like, Oh, well now I'm seeing a bunch of zombies. Oh, now I'm seeing this. Oh, now I see you, but you're like, hi. Oh, weird. Like, it it wasn't compelling. It wasn't cool. Yeah. I don't know. It was very weird, but it was just really weird to figure out how all this shit worked. And you really, I mean, so I ended up, well, both of us ended up playing the game like one and a half times, right? Basically, yeah. And which sucked and I didn't want to do, but it was like after that, I did get a bearing on like how all this shit worked and like figured out that there's no cross save and figured out that there's no saving in the online co-op and like, et cetera, et cetera. But it was just like, (laughs) why wasn't this shit explained to me? Like it sucked because it's not like I needed a fucking tutorial. It was like just nuts and bolts shit that I like needed to know. And the game refused to tell me. Yeah. Well, the lack of saving is sort of like a historical part of these like shitty interactive movie games anyways. Right. So <laughs> they're, they're just going with the old uh, Slam City featuring Scotty Pippen uh, <laughs> history. Right. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about that history? Because I think it puts this game in, into some context. <laughs> yeah. And also, I just want to stop talking about it for a couple minutes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, like, interactive film has been a gimmick, like, forever. Like, we're talking since, like, the post-war cinema. Like, uh, there was this guy way back in the day named William Castle. He was kind of, like, a gimmick producer. He did a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, you might know The Tingler because Vincent Price starred in it. Um, And then, so, like, the gimmick with the Tingler was that they, like, installed motors in the seats in the theaters and, like, scared people at, like, certain parts of the movie. Uh And um, there was a movie called uh, Macabre in 1958. He did a similar thing. Like, his his big marketing ploy there was that he would, like, give people, like, $1,000 life insurance policies just in case they died during the movie (laughs) because it was so scary. You know, that kind of crap. But um, he did a movie in 1961 called Mr. Sardonicus, where um, you could essentially choose the fate of the main character at the end of the movie. It's kind of funny because, like, apparently one of the two endings never got played because the audience just, like, never chose mercy for the last character. (laughs) So, yeah, like, that was, like, 1961. You know, after that, there was a ton of stuff, like... Uh, Nintendo even made one in the 70s. Um, the original Wild Gunman, not the NES Wild Gunman. It used like uh, basically like film projection and then like you shot a gun at it. <laughs> <laughs> but like the the second big wave of like interactive movie or FMV games 
was the Laserdisc era. It started in the late 70s, and there were several games between, like, 1979 and 1983-84. Um, so, you know, like, the big one was Dragon's Lair, of course. And it's been, like, re-released on everything. It's cool because it's, like, a Don Bluth cartoon that you can, quote-unquote, play. Right. right. And, like, a Dragon's Lair cabinet, like, sitting next to all the other cabinets of that time was just, like, incredible to see in the early 80s. Because, like... Dragon's Lair was, like, really early. So it would be, like, next to, like, Pac-Man and Centipede and stuff. Right. And then you've got, like, a full motion game playing. It, like, blew your balls off. <laughs> right. Um, like, it was it was one of those feelings, like, how could they do this? It, this is impossible. I feel like that's always what's driven this genre to a certain extent. Because even with this new game we're talking about, it's, like, very technologically advanced. And while we were playing it, we kept commenting on, like, the graphics and stuff like that yeah i feel like that's kind of always been a hallmark because since you don't really play them you can put all the time and (laughs) effort resources into the production of it yeah and laserdisc technology had it was like it was like the first time you could actually like skip between tracks on a disc sure so like i mean if you missed the quick time event it would just play the track where you died right right so like that technology is super new at that point yeah a dragon's lair has always been and especially now if you go back and play it it's like crazy clunky yeah i mean it even came out on like dvd players you could you could like you could play it on your remote on from the dvd player yeah it's crazy totally yeah dragon's lair dragon's lair 2 and space ace were all animated by don bluth and they were all like really fucking amazing looking right um japan did a bunch of really cool ones too um and they like I don't know. I'm not like a huge anime guy, but I love the aesthetics of like early 80s anime. Yeah, totally. So games like Road Blaster and Time Gal look really fucking cool. Uh, Are you familiar with Road Blaster? Yeah. Everybody should just like watch a playthrough of that on YouTube because it's just so fucking bananas. Yeah. It's like a dude like in like a a supercharged like Firebird like driving through malls and shit. Like (laughs) people are like running for their lives. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Road Blaster is probably the, the coolest interactive movie slash FMV game. Yeah, totally. That would be my argument. <laughs> but anyways, there was even even like a loop in the third interactive movie. But the next big one was uh, Night Trap. And it was filmed in like 1987 for a cassette-based console that never came out. Huh. So I think it was like shelved until the Sega CD started development in like 92, 93. And it came out in 93. And Night Trap is sort of infamous because of Joe Lieberman. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it sparked a lot of controversy because it's essentially a game about, like, a bunch of, like, young girls in their underwear, like, being murdered. (laughs) And you're trying to, like, not have them be murdered. Yeah, but it's, like, really corny and stupid. Yeah, for sure. It's like the most PG-13, like, slasher movie ever. Yeah, exactly. It's, we're not talking, like, buckets of blood and, like, people getting, like, murdered to death or anything. Yeah, totally. It's, like, really tame. Yeah, it was definitely, like, moral panic type shit, which was, you know, oh, yeah. very popular at the time. The Sega CD era, I think, is notable for sort of making this type of game not only more prevalent, but also, like adding in more of a game feel like so dragon's lair was like you were at an arcade cabinet 
and you were just watching the full frame of an animation and then putting in inputs at the correct time. It was just all timing based. Yeah. Um, with games like Night Trap and Sewer Shark, you were, it was like a little, it was way more compressed and shittier looking, but it was like a little <laughs> full motion video, but there was a big gameplay frame around it and you had like mm-hmm. your commands that you were putting in. So it it just has a totally different look and feel and it felt more like I guess playing like a strategy game or something. I mean Yeah, a lot of them were like um like uh Night Trap and Double Switch that were almost like uh security camera games where you had to like flip between like different security cameras and see different scenes play out in different places. Right, which like weirdly Five Nights at Freddy's brought back a few years ago, but only exactly. for that weird like blip. It was it was really weird, like my nephew being into that and then me playing it being like, this is just night trap dude (laughs) this sucks (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah they really it was a company called digital pictures they really tried to do something with that crap um there was a shooter game that i played a lot as a kid called ground zero texas and it was just (laughs) awful um they did like the basketball game uh the fucking scotty pippen game they really pushed this one called corpse killer it was for like the 32x cd okay and so it was like really high-tech full-motion video they even did like a kung fu movie one and it was awful but yeah there was a ton of these yeah and you know more relevant to like horror games there was like the seventh guest and phantasmagoria which i've talked about a little bit on the show before like i've played those games the pc multimedia experience was a little more well-rounded yeah because with you know seventh guest fan phantasmagoria and like the tex murphy games you would still get a game with all the interactive movie stuff. Right. I mean, those games were all modeled after point and click adventure games. So essentially, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it was definitely like simplified, but it was essentially a point and click adventure game, which definitely had more of a game feel to it. I think like the Sega totally. CD stuff was way more of that interactive movie feel. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of an important distinction to draw now because we're seeing the return of these kind of games. And yeah, well, it, you know, so the 3D generation just like destroyed the full motion video thing because everyone knew it sucked. They we were just being too nice to say it. But, uh, you know, once the PlayStation and the N64 came around, like they kind of just died out. And with the PS2 generation, we saw a ton of these um, like indigo prophecy slash fahrenheit mm-hmm. uh that was a big one uh and that was done by a company called quantic dream right quantic dream and supermassive the people that made this game are kind of like the two modern spearheads of the subgenre. right well and it's actually quantic dream is a pretty interesting company because so indigo prophecy or fahrenheit as it's known in europe um is exactly this type of game it's an interactive movie that has a mix of quick time events story choices and dialogue choices uh Mm -hmm. the gimmick with that game was i believe that almost if not all of the controls were just done with the dual analog sticks so it actually felt really nice because like you didn't have to do a lot of like face button mashing (laughs) Um, hmm. there was a lot more of like the dual analog thing, but there were still some like really shitty quick time events and stuff. But 
Uh, before Indigo Prophecy, they did a game called Omicron, which is notable yeah. to any like big fans of uh, 90s David Bowie, uh, which I <laughs> am. We're a very small minority of people. Uh, but like, so he appeared in that game. And he mm. recorded two songs for it, uh, which actually later appeared on one of his albums, uh, reworked to have the lyrics not be about the video game Omicron, <laughs> as you might imagine. But they're actually really good songs. Uh, the one that's in the game a bunch is called uh, New Angels of Promise. And that's actually like a, a pretty fucking cool song. Uh, anyway. Nice. That was our, uh, our that was our weekly music nerd moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The David Bowie record <laughs> "Hours" is actually surprisingly good. It got written off as like adult alternative garbage, but it's actually pretty fucking cool. Um, I like that record a lot. It's got a song nice. called "Thursday's Child" that like kind of sounds like a Sade song, and it uh, grooves pretty deep, if I do say so myself. I mean, Sade does go hard. Oh my god, dude! Uh, shout out Sade! Shout out Sade forever, bro! Sade's the best. Um, anyway, so the weird thing about Omicron was that they, they had David Bowie in it and they had this whole gimmick of, um, like reincarnation. So you were, the game is called Omicron, the nomad soul. And you are literally like a soul that jumps from body to body throughout the game. Mm -hmm. Those were the two big gimmicks, but the underlying gimmick was that it was kind of set in like a very Blade Runner influenced cyberpunk city. And it had a ton of gameplay systems. So it was almost a GTA-like in a weird way, except it was all about the illusion of freedom, which we've talked about a lot on this show, instead of like yeah. being actually free roam. But it had free roam sections. And the idea was that you would go from section to section. And so you'd do some like, street fighter type fighting and then you'd go and do some shooting gallery like very snatcher type shooting yeah and then you'd yeah. go and do some driving and then you would do some free room like ball up but like everything in that game is bad like yeah the aesthetics are cool and the premise is cool and the story is like it is what it is it's very hacky video game writing but like mm. the actual act of playing omicron is fucking miserable like holy hell what a fucking miserable game and so it's like to me i mean i was like a kid and two of my favorite things in this entire world are like blade runner and david bowie so of course i like and it was on the dreamcast dude like come on mm. right but like so that game was like miserable to play though like and it was such a bummer so with the follow-up indigo prophecy they totally took out all of the gameplay <laughs> and which like on the one hand is sort of brilliant because it's like write what you know but on the other hand it really set a weird <laughs> precedent for these types of games where it's like well you don't actually have to have any gameplay so quantic dream went on to make uh, a trio of critically acclaimed interactive movies heavy rain beyond two souls and detroit become human heavy rain got really really popular in mm -hmm. the ps3 days yeah um and the other ones have had really good success too uh they're playstation exclusives but they are trickling out to PC now. Yeah. I've never played them. So I'm 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 curious. I'm sure I'm not gonna love them because they're not really video games, but uh Detroit Become Human seemed pretty interesting to me. We just got Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls on Steam. Oh, okay. I thought it was Epic Game Store. Oh, it is. You know what? You're right. Epic the dreaded Epic Game Store. <laughs> Whatever. It's all the fucking same. Like 
which big corporation do you want to give your fifteen dollars? Yeah, some rich dudes getting your money. Big deal. Yeah. So they. Yeah. No. They. They were PlayStation <laughs> exclusives though. They. They all made a big splash. They're all like conversation games. I know when Detroit came out, there's a lot of subtext about racism in it, so people were kind of like debating that and blah blah blah. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Well, and I. I did want to mention uh, her story. Because her story came out in 2015, it was a PC game, and it was all FMV, uh, critically acclaimed, and people seemed to like her story a lot. Uh, my girlfriend played through it, and she loved it, and it seemed pretty interesting. Uh, but it, it, it essentially just boils down to watching a bunch of VHS tapes of a of an interview with somebody. So, Well, yeah, and I've been meaning to play this game. It actually looks really cool. The thing about it that looks really cool to me is that it has a larger interface to sort of wrap up the whole game. Yeah, it gives you like a Windows like 95 like desktop environment to click through. Right. So the actual game itself is searching through this database using clues yeah. that you watch in the videos to unlock more videos. So mm -hmm. there's actually a lot more subtle like design at play and there is like a, a strong game element. He just came out with a new game called Telling Lies that has sort of a similar vibe to it. I'm curious about that one. Yeah. Telling Lies is also a really good David Bowie song. Um, <laughs> and fun fact, Sam Barlow, the sort of like writer designer of uh, her story and Telling Lies also was the lead designer and writer of Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Really? Second reference to that game in this episode. Because Silent Hill Shattered Memories is secretly the best like interactive movie late era FMV game because it actually has some gameplay in it and it's really good. Yeah, you do you do actually have to play that game. Yeah. But like only kind <laughs> of. <laughs> I don't know if it counts. It's like people are pretty divisive about Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Yeah. Uh I liked it, didn't love it. Uh I liked it a lot more than Dark Pictures Man of Medan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, so after all this preamble, you get to the super massive games, you know. Which well, well, I did want to m mention one more thing, which is Netflix's Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Which I call Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I haven't played it. I don't have any, like, opinion about it. Um, I've heard mixed things. Whatever. Well, I'm not really interested in it. All right, you want it? You want a real hot take? You know I like hot takes. Fucking Black Mirror fucking sucks, dude. Black Mirror sucks. Black all Mirror of it? fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> like, what a bunch of edgy fourteen-year-old garbage. Like, what a bunch of moralist fucking pandering. Like, just a show to make people who are just as vapid and empty as everyone else feel superior because, like they know that their phone is killing them. It's like, dude, everyone's phone is killing them. Fuck off. Like, oh, really smart point. Like, go read some Philip K. Dick. Like, that's some actual, like, thoughts, dude. Like, fuck that shit. That shit drives me crazy. That's your weekly hot take, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. But, yeah, so Black Mirror made a movie, you know, for Netflix that's called Crash Bandicoot. And, like... <laughs> What's funny about that is that it has almost all of the same issues that these supermassive games, and specifically Man of Medan, has, right? But well, they're not games. They're not movies. Yeah. They're not good. The pacing's ruined. I don't know. Yeah. It all sucks, right? The pacing Everything is... sucks. The big thing is, like, the pacing is fucked, and there's these really... I don't know. There's no elegant way yet 
to make something like this because like when people were playing it on netflix they were just like wow this is like kind of clunky like when you're making a choice the characters just like stand there and like yeah it's well i guess in in uh in bandicoot it's really awkward because it's like real actors basically doing like uh an idle animation cycle (laughs) 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 which is like really funny it's just like that the the white guy blinking meme yeah yeah on loop (laughs) exactly (laughs) but one thing i will give uh the black mirror movie is that they they did come up with a little bit more intentional of a design which in their case was that you're only going to make story decisions from a third person essentially god perspective right like Mm. you're this detached god telling these characters what to do and they leaned into this design choice so hard that they put a subplot or like a story path you can follow on a given playthrough where the main character and one of the like secondary characters in the movie realizes that they're in an interactive movie and that there's like a god telling them what to do the reason that i think that works better in this context is because when i was playing man of medan like you inhabit a different character in every scene right and so it's putting you in the shoes of this character and giving you dialogue and story choices so my first instinct was to be like okay i'm going to role play as this character and so like there were certain characters i didn't like so i'm like i'm gonna make this character really mean or i'm gonna make this character really dumb and like every choice i make i'm going to make them that way yeah and the game actually supports this by giving you a map of character traits and relationships Mm -hmm. so it's kind of telling you like role play is important characterization is important yet it then totally contradicts it with like mandatory cutscenes where the character will totally go back on that yeah so like for example you can role play one character as being really suspicious of another but no matter what you do he always has a scene where he apologizes to that character right exactly and there's a ton of stuff like that throughout the game that's just one example the only big things you can do are get characters killed yeah that's really it and so it made me think of bandicoot because i was like well that's actually kind of smart to make it this removed third person thing where like you're God. Cause like you can't change a character's personality. You can't role play as that character, but you can make them do something fucked up or like you can make them do something different than they might do. So yeah, it actually creates like a toy box rather than trying to make a role playing scenario. Cause this game tries to make role play and fails, I think. Yeah. And then, you know, if you don't, make all the right decisions you get a really shitty brief ending that's super completely unsatisfying yeah thank you for listening to zero brightness if you'd like to support us directly you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness you can also find and interact with us on facebook instagram and discord all the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com we'll see you out there so, should we like drop a spoiler tag here and just talk about that shit? Let's let's go for it. <laughs> so, spoiler tag. So, yeah, basically in this game, you are introduced to a group of five extremely unlikable characters <laughs> yep. who have no fucking <laughs> charisma and then you are thrown into a bunch of scenarios where you're making decisions and 
The frustrating thing, like I said, for roleplay is that the game always contradicts you, but it kind of does that plot wise too until certain key moments. So like you can fail constantly and not lose any characters and then get to like a key moment that you don't know is a key moment and kill like everybody. And so I actually got best outcomes for a bunch of characters, but then like fucked up on one character and got the bad ending. Yeah. Like it's weird because QTEs are so easy to fail and a lot of them that seem really crucial end up being inconsequential. But then yeah. you'll ace a bunch of quick time events and you'll fuck up one and it'll like kill the character. It's really weird. Yeah. And since I guess uh, we uh, dropped the spoiler tag, I could talk about how I killed my character. Uh, there's this one character. He's like a total Chad. And at one point you can escape by getting on a speedboat and driving off into the sunset with, without spo- talking about any plot. Anyways, while Chad is starting the boat, he's getting shot at. And as he's driving away, uh, you can get hit by a bullet. Like I passed like all these quick time events and then I failed at the one where he gets hit by the bullet and he just like <laughs> dies as your speed, as the speedboat speeds away. And then so like my ending totally sucked. And after the ending, I get to see his like eyes being picked out by birds, which was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, you know, it just ruined the ending. So I, I got the ending was, was like basically everybody else was like, oh, my God, where's Chad? And then you see Chad's <laughs> eye being picked out. The end. Chad's dead as fuck. The end. <laughs> um, so I had the same thing. But before I talk about that, I have to talk about this, which is that we on our playthrough that we did together, we hated all the characters so much that. Yes. Uh, we came up with like derogatory nicknames for all of them. Oh, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Here's the cast of characters. The first characters you meet are two brothers. Now, I was calling the big brother Brad, which is actually the little brother's name. But the big brother is like a total Brad. Like, he's just like he's a blank slate. For some reason, he's the one character whose face like never shows emotion. Like all the rest of them have a lot of animation, like complicated Mm -hmm. animation in their face. But for some reason, he just has like a stone mask he wears all the time, even as he's like saying shit that's emotional like his eyes are just so dead but so i was calling him brad and then his little brother i was calling the nerd because that's literally his only character trait is that he's a fucking nerd i call him urkel oh yeah that's more appropriate (laughs) but i was just literally calling him the nerd he fulfills the 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 nerdy horror movie guy stereotype yeah exactly so then there's two more characters who show up uh, and they're a brother and sister. Chad is the brother because he's just a total bro. His real name's like, Conrad, but he's a Chad. Yeah, it, Conrad even sounds like Chad. I was like, dude, I'm just calling him Chad. Yeah. And then the sister, who is the big brother's girlfriend, has like a really small face, but like really insane teeth. Like <laughs> they made her teeth too big, so I yeah. just started calling her teeth. It works. And then, yeah, and then there's the captain of the ship whose name is Fliss, and she's kind of the only like okay character, so I just called her Fliss. She's really sassy. Yeah, so in my playthrough, I like Chad got away. And then everybody was in the boat and like I got everybody to safety except there's a scene where big bro Bradley like 
starts tripping out while trying to get this part you need to escape on the ship. Uh-huh. And, like, basically a monster attacks him, and you have the choice to either... And you're hallucinating, clearly, but you have a choice to either stab yourself because you're hallucinating about, like, rats coming out of your stomach, <laughs> or stab wow. the monster, and then the monster turned out to be teeth, and you just, like, murder teeth. Well... She had it coming. But what's funny is that, I mean, yeah, she's like the worst character. But like, what's funny is that I think the reason I got that is because I decided to make uh, Brad and Teeth like break up and have like a horrible relationship the whole mm. game. Um, and which is actually extremely easy to do. It's actually harder to make them like stay together. Uh, Dude, but if love you is do hard. that, <laughs> yeah. Love ain't easy. If you do that, the game makes you like makes one of them die and then you get this really abrupt bad ending and the, like the ending is so weird and abrupt monica and i both watched it and we both just were yelling like what what it's what very stupid yeah all right so, so let's dumb. let's back up here okay okay we've got <laughs> we, we we got the two brothers they're nerdy one and the jock and then we got the brother and sister uh teeth and chad right uh the jock and teeth are uh boyfriend and girlfriend and they're like tagging along their like family for this like diving trip because apparently they go like diving at like crash sites wrecks like old wrecks like for fun yeah so you show up at this boat and the the driver of the boat fliss shows up too and y'all all take off it's like the beginning of like final destination 12 or something like the setup you just like see everybody's personality is like right off the bat and then like the sassy captain comes and you like take off or whatever the next few scenes are all like essentially like the dudes sexually harassing the women <laughs> yeah chad is like trying to get into like the captain's pants the whole time yeah it's i don't know it's just like really weird it, it's just like like shitty like mid-2000s like teen drama horror kind of stuff you know like yeah. after scream came out there were all the scream clones yeah i don't know it's got that kind of vibe sure. for me no totally i don't know uh, just like right off the bat like all the characters are off-putting like for one reason or another they try to make them like complicated with emotions but they all just like feel like horrible people yeah totally i didn't like anybody i thought the captain was like cool but even like it's partially the characters it's also partially the characterization because like the first time I played it, when I was playing with you, I made her just, like, really mean to Chad because he was, like, yeah. be he was just, like, sexually harassing her. He was, like, literally trying to get into her pants, like, five minutes after meeting her. Yeah, and, like, propositioning her for sex. And so I just kept being, like, really mean to him and just being, like, yeah. no, like, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. But then, like, the second time, I decided to, tr like, see what happens if you're not super mean. Like, if you just yeah. don't always click no, but you click some, like, moderate answers, it immediately railroads you into her, like hooking up with him really yeah and so it's wow. like it's really weird where it's like it i don't know the characterization is just really inconsistent and flimsy and i get why it's because they're basically making a choose your own adventure novel but like yes that's also like why you don't make a game a choose your own adventure novel because it's really hard to have good characters and a good plot when the plot has to be multivalent like that but yeah I don't know. So, I mean, the game kind of boils down to you having these conversations with people. Um, and then in between the conversations and moral choices, you can sort of walk around 
in like a little bit of like a Resident Evil one style. Oh, it's so and, like, bad. Read notes and um, like look at pictures and maybe like spark up conversations with other NPCs. But mm-hmm. it's it's like the most shallow version of that ever. Yeah. Because like, you know, the things you can interact with are like super shiny and then there's just characters. But like it's really like animation first because the controls are like really chonky and unresponsive. They well, like really yeah. push everything on the animation, but since it's so unresponsive, if you actually like end up controlling the characters funny and all the animation just like looks really goofy. Yeah. Like just as a viewer, just like watching somebody play it, like it might look really stupid unless they were like trying to play it in a cinematic way. You know? Yeah. No, it looks like shit. And they're worse <laughs> than tank controls. Cause like, okay, obviously people don't like tank controls because they're like quote unquote unresponsive. But in this game, you're they're unresponsive because they're trying to cycle through all these really dense animations. So like you'll keep missing a door because like the stopping animation is like so so loose your character will just like walk way too far ahead and then there's like a flipping around animation and like it's just so ridiculous like it's you're just like sitting there like right in the beginning trying to go below deck on the boat and you're just like walking around in circles (laughs) that was the best part about playing together was that opening scene on the boat because we were both just like walking around like dumb mannequins like bumping into each other yeah Yeah, that was funny <laughs> so like so okay so the first part and the, I'm not going to do a play by play of no, the plot please for this don't. game but <laughs> like just to illustrate like how the multiplayer works like the next scene that happens um two of the people the, the boyfriend and girlfriend they go in the water to dive to check out this wreck and then the rest of the characters stay on the boat and so in our playthrough I went underwater and did this like little mini adventure super linear but like you're checking out artifacts and the underwater thing and uh, like you find a dead body and you find some like cool evidence or whatever and then like the guy like proposes to the girl and he can either say yes or no and that'll change the outcome of the game later but like while i'm doing all that underwater you were on top having a conversation like sexually harassing the captain and then like some like fishermen hit your boat and then like, like a a small explosion happens and it's all like really stupid and awkward. But the other character has no idea because they're like underwater doing other stuff. But we were both in voice chat and we were doing different things and it was just like, it was just like a fucking mess. Well, and that was okay. So the big problem with that, right. Is apparent when you then go back and play that in single player. Yeah, because like in single player, you only see the relevant parts of those scenes like Mm -hmm. you only see the parts that you need to see uh, and you get all the context and you get all the story that you need. However, when you play it in multiplayer, you realize that they actually took the time to fully flesh out every scene in the game so it could be seen from two perspectives. But the stuff that they added isn't interesting and it's super fucking boring. And like, even when you're playing in single player, some of these scenes are just already boring in total. And it's just like, yeah. holy shit, dude. Like, why is this game four hours long? And yeah. And why can't you save in the middle of it in, in online multiplayer? Like, yeah. 
you should tell people whether to use voice chat or not. Like, should you even bother playing with your friends or should you just play with randos on the internet? Like, how much can they affect it? How many times are you supposed to play through this to get all of it? You know? A lot. Like, I, I couldn't understand being a completionist with this game. Like... I would have to see like the same bullshit scenes how many times to see all see all of it. It's like fuck that, dude. Yeah. I don't want to watch dudes where dude wears my car like 12 times, you know. Yeah, I think they expect you to play through this like 4 to 6 times, which is that's crazy to me. Insane. But that's the other thing too. We've talked about it with every other type of horror game where it's like if you want something to be built for replayability, make it shorter. This quote-unquote game that is actually a movie is as long as some Gen 1 survival horror games. Why is this not the length sure. of a movie? Why isn't it two hours long or 90 minutes long? Why is it $30? Like, it, It's longer than Onimusha. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And it's like, yeah, I, it's totally fucking baffling because it's like you're clearly pulling from movies more than games. You're clearly shooting for the experience of like, a movie that somebody wants to watch over and over with their friends and with different friends just because it's fun. But like, yeah. And it does like market itself as like a fucking, a couch movie. Like there's even special features. You unlock special features and it's like behind the scenes stuff. And it like takes itself really seriously. There's even a, a short documentary about the, the history of anthology horror and all this shit. They should have did it about like the history of like the shitty, interactive movie because that's what it is like yeah these have never worked and it's never good the pacing sucks um it just feels cut up copy paste yeah um, especially later in the game okay so the big thing with the game is that uh, like you're attacked by pirates the pirates are bad guys and then a giant ghost ship shows up and y'all get on the ghost ship and y'all survive whatever right. but like the ghost ship looks like a lot of the parts of the ghost ship look very samey. Yeah. So a lot of the scenes, when you switch back and forth between characters, they feel like cut up, like they could be played in any order, just like Dragon's Lair did with like the randomized uh, rooms that you would get to. Right. It's, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. It's not good. Well, yeah. It's so Sega CD. The big problem with this game is that it never settles into a rhythm and personally it made me like physically uncomfortable because Hmm. you would watch a movie for so long and nothing would happen that your body would relax and then like a QTE would jump at you and then you'd suddenly be like oh shit like and then the same thing would happen with like watching a movie for a really long time and then it would jump to you controlling the character but you wouldn't know that so you'd just be like standing there for like a minute and you're like oh shit like Sometimes an icon pops up. It's the same thing yep. with the icons. Like you'll be walking around and it looks really cin- cinematic if you get your character to stop like running in circles. Uh, but then like you'll walk past a door and a giant fucking A button like shows up on screen, like a big yeah. goofy green A button that's like the size of the door. And it's like, I mean, and so for this me, this is where you go, big red arrow. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like I like if I'm watching a movie. I my body like relaxes and if I'm playing a game it can relax but it has you have to get into like this the flow of the game and you have to know so like with a normal game it's like you know you have to keep your hands on the controller with this game I didn't get that feeling so I'd be like 
holding like a glass of water in one hand or a cup of coffee or something and then like yeah I, it would suddenly be like press this press this waggle this and it's like what the fuck dude like i'm drinking a <laughs> cup of coffee because i'm watching a fucking movie basically exactly like what the fuck you're like are you gonna clutch your xbox controller for four hours while yeah. like chilling on the couch watching movies yeah like, no that's is this supposed to be a chill experience or are you supposed to feel tense because you're gonna like come up to a quick time event eventually I mean, that's what i mean they don't they don't balance that they don't ever get to like a place of parity between those two ideas it's just a really horribly unbalanced mess of an experience like since it's a video game it feels like it has the budget of like a huge blockbuster steven spielberg movie or something right right um i think i even made like the comment that it looked like indiana jones 4 or some shit yeah totally and there, there are definitely points where like we're getting to uncanny valley like style like graphics like it is a beautiful game especially the close-ups of the characters when you can see their pores and their skin looks like a little translucent you feel like luminance coming out of their skin that kind of stuff is like really incredible but it's just not a game you know it's got it's got this huge steven spielberg style budget the writing that it's built upon is like final destination 12 it's yeah it's just so bad. Like, you know, it might even work better if they, like, tried to make low-budget, shitty movie-style things. Like, would this work better as, like, a trauma movie? You know? Like, something that's written bad and you know it's bad. You know? I think it would work better if it took a le- took itself less seriously. It would yeah. work better if it was shorter. It would work better... Okay, dude, I had this thought. Honestly, the best thing they could have done with this game is make it so it's, like, an hour long. And it's, like super goofy and ridiculous and then they make it co-op only and like Mm. sell it to microsoft to put on game pass and then make like a lobby that looks like a movie theater where you go to like play the movie and it like rotates out so they make a bunch of these and they just rotate them out like it's a lobby and like just make it so it's like a social experience that's snappy that's fun it's not just like slowly trudging through this like whatever this is game movie thing you know like yeah that's what i mean when i said earlier why i have mixed feelings because like i get the idea i get the appeal and even like when we were playing together there were moments that were really fun and when me and monica were playing without you there were moments that were like really fun but then there's like all the other moments and by the end of it i was just sick of it and i was mostly bored because yeah it's a four-hour game that's really padded out towards the end i just like gave the controller to lacy for 45 minutes because <laughs> i was just like checked out you know yeah. yeah um i like the ideas that you're throwing out like make it hour long like this could have because they say they want to make eight of these what they could have done is like you know if this is going to be a four-hour game like release four one-hour episodes you know yeah make it more like black mirror or something like that or like the twilight zone right yeah Yeah, I think 60 minutes is a lot more palatable than four hours. Well, like I said, I feel like there's so much padding and there's so much dead air that I really do feel like this is max two hours of like actual well-paced content that you could bundle in a way that felt cohesive. But it's Mm. stretched out to twice that length. Since we only played it one and a half times, we probably didn't see the majority of the spooks on the ghost ship, maybe. I'm sure there's other shit that's going to happen under different scenarios. Yeah, but they're dumb as but hell. I definitely don't want to see 
anything from the first act ever again. No, it's just so bad. Like as a film, as a gameplay experience, like, but like it would take me a lot to go back and replay this game and see the other shit. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. The other thing too, is that like, we didn't even talk about this, but somehow in making a game that's like not even a game, they managed to bring over all the worst and most annoying aspects of survival horror games. So like you literally walk (laughs) around a dank, dark environment with tank controls, picking up notes. It's like, yep. What in the actual fuck? Like if you're going to take anything from survival horror games, wouldn't you take the exciting parts or the atmospheric parts or, but like picking up notes and like the fucking button prompts to like open boxes and pick up notes and shit. That's like a three button press cycle. Yeah. And it's like, you have to press A to interact with it. And then like your hand hovers over like the door handle (laughs) and you have to press the right trigger to pull open the door handle. And And then then there's like a novel inside and you have to press a again to like pick up the novel. Well, and you have to press the right trigger again to open it. It's just, it's just a shit show. It's a shit show. And what's the best ones are the ones where it's like leading up to a jump scare, but it's like they've sucked all the tension out of it. Cause like you keep opening and closing the coffin lid or like just doing things wrong. It's, it's just comical it's like they took the worst parts of movies and the worst parts of games and they sewed them together most egregiously i didn't get spooked at all no it's like really low grade jump scares yeah it's it it just it just has like a really like juvenile like feel and overtone to the whole thing like very pg-13 even though like there is gore and i saw a dude get his like eyes pecked out by birds like (laughs) It really has like a teeny bopper kind of like, you know, feel. Well, and that's what's even more confusing about that is that I read an interview with the developer where or one of the developers where he was saying that the way that they came up with this anthology series was they made Until Dawn and then they were like, we want to make more horror stuff, but we want them to be all different like subgenres and aesthetics. So they made like a giant master list and then started making stories based off of entries on that list. So it's like, what is the fucking genre of this? Like here, it's a like kind of a shitty teen movie, but it doesn't really have that vibe because it's not fun enough. Yeah. It's kind of a hostage scenario in the first part, but then that goes away pretty quickly. And then it becomes like a ghost ship movie, but then even that is confused with the hostage scenario and then at the end of it in order to get like a satisfying ending nobody is supposed to die which is like what the fuck horror movie ends that way what horror story yeah. ends that way where do, right what movies are they watching the disney channel like what the fuck i want that like one girl like covered in blood like running from the house to like jump on a redneck's truck that's what like, i mean being chased by leatherface yeah like <laughs> Like, okay, this is how depraved this game is, is that I'm actually asking for it to have tropes because just what's in there is so worthless. Like, dude, I mean, like you lose fingers and outlast. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, what horror stories are they influenced by that? This is what they came up with. Like, what genre is this supposed to be? Like, it's just not fucking good. 
It's not good. You know what it's like? It's not like a teen movie. It's not like a Final Destination, like crappy VHS, like fun, late 90s, early 2000s horror movie. It's like those weird movies that pop up on Netflix that you're like, what is this? And it's just some (laughs) weird, like dawdling, unscary horror movie that's like poorly written and poorly made, but it like had kind of a high budget. So it sort of looks passable and like was clearly made with a real crew and gear and stuff. But like, yeah. Nothing good happens. It's totally unmemorable. I've watched dozens of those movies, and every time I either shut them off 20 minutes in or I watch the whole thing, and then I'm like just baffled that I somehow did that. This is like straight to Hollywood video DVD. Yeah, like, it's straight to Netflix. Some, <laughs> somehow has like a crazy, crazy budget. Like, yeah. who bankrolled this? I think just like the FMV games of old, there's there has to be an, an understanding that like, there's that cutting edge aspect where people are like wowed by the graphics and wowed by the concept and people are just going to get taken in by it because of that, which is like a bummer because it's just stupid and it sucks. And it's funny because it's, this is like one of the oldest video game gimmicks. Yeah. Like laser discs came out in the late seventies, you know what I mean? And this Mm -hmm. has been done like several times through different video game generations. Yeah. And it's just, simply never worked yeah it's not good but i don't know we might be dumbasses because people love this shit no we're not this is just this is fucking stupid and i don't (laughs) (laughs) i mean okay here's the thing i like i said i get the appeal and like it if you want to like it but also don't argue that this is even a fucking video game because it's not a video game and like yeah also i guess like you know just admit that a lot of the stuff about this sucks like that's why i don't know these reviews are just like blowing my mind because it's like no don't just don't just copy and paste the press kit like really explain to me what the appeal is because that's literally all i'm seeing is just like well i liked until dawn and it's a lot like until dawn it's like what what is that yeah i don't know if this was just a movie it would be a movie i would never watch again yeah absolutely and this is a video game i will never play again somebody please buy it out of my steam library is that legal (laughs) can i sell it things out of my steam library like the trunk of my car yeah i don't think so which is a shame i want it i don't want it in my steam library and i feel a lot of shame for spending all the patreon money on dark pictures man and Madan. yeah but maybe i did y'all a favor maybe this is a cautionary tale yeah um if we can keep one person we know better for next time yeah if if you want us to play the dark pictures 2 uh whatever the fuck that's called you're gonna have to send us some steam keys so ain't touching <laughs> that shit with a 10-foot pole <laughs> yeah real shit unless it's like really tight it's not gonna be dude <laughs> it's they've already made this game once before they're gonna keep making the same game it's gonna be the same every time it's crazy crazy yeah, the, the, the next one uh, stars uh, the guy from Midsummer with the crazy forehead and eyebrows. I still haven't seen that movie. <laughs> oh, it's pretty tight. I liked it. I know. I need to watch it. I, I was I was kind of on the fence about, uh, what's the other one? Ari Aster movie? Oh, Hereditary. Uh, Hereditary. I give Hereditary like a four or five. Yeah. Midsummer's pretty good. Maybe like a high eight, low nine. Yeah. No, I, I got to watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not The Witch, but it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But what is, you know? 
Yeah. The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Anyways, well, Anyways. We, we've merged from talking about shitty video game movies to good movies. Maybe we should shift to Game Club and talk yeah. about some games. It's Game Club. So, what is next? Like we discussed in our last episode we fucked up our release schedule with new games <laughs> but we're back on track next week is eternal darkness the long-awaited debate <laughs> it, i feel like this is like a pay-per-view moment for us like finally yeah it's been teased for like over a month yeah i know but it's gonna, I'm gonna be ruin it. ollie's childhood <laughs> it's gonna be worth it you guys are gonna like it it's fun uh fun in the same way watching a car crashes but it's fun <laughs> <laughs> um uh after that alan wake which is uh speaking of car crashes yeah <laughs> maybe a little bit closer to this week's episode it's, it's gonna be another hot take episode because people fucking love alan wake yeah well why gamers why yeah send us a let email. us know gamers yeah i'd love to know because woof anyway then after that we have a very special episode very special we had Whitney Chavis on as our guest, and she was kind enough to grace us with her presence and discuss Deadly Premonition. So we've got a fucking part three on Deadly Premonition just in time for hopefully that patch to be out. Maybe you'll be all hyped up and playing the game <laughs> on your Nintendo Switch uh, and, you know, speculating about Deadly Premonition 2. So we're there for you. We're there to feed the fire. Get on Twitter and harass Sweary65. No, he said specifically not to. <laughs> Hashtag patch it, Sweary. Dude, he actually had to make a tweet where he was like, please don't harass me. I'm not developing. I'm customer support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like the people developing it are like on Twitter and on Reddit and are kind of like in contact with fans about that shit. So... Hopefully, I don't know. It's probably just some like old man in a closet that they feed like quarter turkey sandwiches to. <laughs> Shit ain't never getting patched, bro. No, dude, we're getting it. Don't say that. Come on, man. we're getting that patch, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting it. You heard it here uh, first. Game club. Game club. <laughs> <laughs>